the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. And uh, I'm Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you. I was off all of last week. And uh, got to have a little vacation, first vacation in years. I'll probably talk about that a little bit later. Went to a hotel, of course, and I always check the, the drawer to see if they've replaced the, uh, the old Gideon's Bibles that they took out of most places. And I did not find they took them out because of COVID in a lot of places because you, know, you weren't allowed to touch anything for a while. Remember that? Uh, you couldn't touch a thing. Uh, that lasted about two months, but uh, they still have not replaced the, the the Bible or the stationery or the pen or those kinds of things. I did find some uh, classified papers from the uh, Roosevelt administration. Turns out he did know about Pearl Harbor. How about that? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I have to say I'm kidding because there might very well be. Apparently, we all have classified papers everywhere. Anyway, great to be back with you. I want to thank Pastor Dudley Rutherford. He did such a great job. He's the senior pastor of Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch here in Los Angeles, and uh, he did such a great job all of last week. And uh, thank you, Dudley, for doing that great job and bringing in the guests that you you did. And um, it's just such a, a privilege. And I got to hear, I haven't listened to all of it, but I can hear a lot of it. Uh, I, you know, I kept my, uh, I stayed unplugged a little bit while I was gone for me, like very well unplugged, but I kept my eye on some things going on in the news. And I listened to a couple of the shows and he did a great job. So thank you for doing that. Really appreciate that. Our number here, if you want to join our conversation is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And, uh, that's the number. If you want to join the, the conversation here, you know, get a, geared up for, uh, the world. You know, and like I was saying, I I did, I was able to stay unplugged as much as possible. It was important. This is the the first vacation I've had with just my wife and two boys in years. We I don't even I couldn't even tell you. And the longest one I think the entire time since they've been born probably. And uh, that's another story about how important it is to take uh, vacations and how hard that is, uh, particularly when you're a pastor uh, and in certain roles. And uh, we had some very dear friends help us out with that, and we appreciate that very, very much. Um, But I do know that there were a lot of news stories going on last week, and it was a very tough week here in the Southland, and I've been praying about uh, the situations in in different places. And, of course, now I think the country is wrestling with another video um, of a uh, police beating and uh, death of Tyree Nichols. And I thought I'd talk about that a little bit. I'm kind of just processing it uh, myself as we go through it and trying to get an idea of some things that might be uh, worth, uh, you know, talking about. Um, You know, it's a different era, isn't it? Because I was thinking about this, that whenever the, the Rodney King thing happened years ago, people didn't have cameras everywhere. There weren't city cameras on a pole. There weren't police officers weren't wearing cameras. Everybody wasn't walking around with a television studio in their pockets like they do today. And, you know, a lot of things happen that were not video. Today, it's rare that something happens that's not caught on video. 
which is a very strange thing about the world today uh, that we live in just in just in general right that there are so many things that go on in video that are in in many ways uncovering evil things that have gone on that might have that might have not been caught before that might have been covered up before we've seen that with uh, several different things uh, in the past couple of years, we saw that recently, even with a murder up in Idaho, where that guy ultimately was caught, the one who killed the uh, uh, the students at the uh, University of Idaho there in Moscow. Uh, he was caught because his car was caught several times on people's doorbell cameras and different cameras here and there. You know, we're living in a world where the eyes are upon us. Now, for believers, we need to keep in mind that the Lord's eyes are always upon us. Okay, that there is nothing that we do in the secret. The psalmist wrote that there's no place we can hide, no place higher, low, north, south, east, or west, depths of the sea, tops of the mountains. The Lord is going to uh, know what's going on. And maybe that maybe that scares you, but it shouldn't scare you. I think that should give you some peace, right? Because it means that, you know, you not only can you not hide your your sins or your faults or your fears or your your anxiety from the Lord. It also means you don't have to. He already knows about it. I think one of the greatest, most comforting things to me often when I'm going through something or going through a hard time is that the Lord already knows about it. Or when it comes time for me to confess something, when it comes time for me to actually say, you know, this, what I'm doing is sin. And sometimes, you know, in the heat of being angry or of being frustrated, maybe you don't realize it right away, but then there are some things you do, you know, right away, oh, this isn't right. There is something I think that should give us some comfort in knowing that our Father in heaven already knows and that he still invites us to come and confess our sin to him and that he calls us to a throne of grace. He calls us as people who are part of his family, people who can come and and if we have been prodigal, he is there to throw his arms around us. Um, he's also going to stand there and let us be prodigal for a while, and he's going to let our hearts get hardened if that's the direction you want to go. But he's also ready to receive you with grace. And so I think for the Christian, the idea that sort of nothing is really private, at least between you and the Lord, that's okay. I think that's a good thing. I think that's something that we should feel great about. And if you're in particular, you're away from the Lord, you're doing something right now you shouldn't be doing. You are in a mess because of something that you've struggled with or you're dealing with anger or anything like that. You know, the Lord already knows about it. So don't hesitate in, in telling him and don't try to fool him. You know, don't try to pretend it's something that it's not or try to give some excuse because he also knows what's in your heart. He Scriptures tell us that he knows more about your heart than you do, really. So give it to him. Let him know what what is on your heart and uh, uh, do that. I think that would be a good thing. Anyway, I, I was thinking about those things as I thought about this murder, and they're calling it murder, uh, right from the outset, which I think is good. I think everybody thinks that. I think that uh, police organizations, police officers that I've spoken to and have seen post things online, all of them are in agreement that this is not uh, police work, that this is murder. There's still a lot of questions, I think. Um, but it's murder, not even manslaughter. Um, and maybe this is something that, as we've seen this, it never should happen, but we know that it does happen. And here it happened, but here we see these officers already fired, already charges brought. Um, in uh, This happened, what, three weeks ago, I think, uh, is when the event actually happened. Um, Hopefully on these things, that's some progress. Hopefully on these things, there's some more transparency with that. 
And maybe the cameras help with that. That's a part of the thing that I'm kind of mystified is the today the police officers are wearing cameras. There's a camera on the pole that outside, I guess, that uh, belongs to the police department. People have the cameras on the dashboards of their car. They got the cameras on the doorbells of their houses. We had something go on where we live and somebody has been stealing uh, what's the part of the car that people are stealing now? They get underneath your, your Honda or whatever, they, the catalytic converter. And I had that happen to me. They did it right in front of my house. I had no idea. It was a car that I wasn't driving anymore, and I, I gave it to some uh, a kid in our church, and I turned the key, and it's smoking from underneath. I had no idea that happened. They did it right in front of our house, probably. It didn't even occur to me to, to look for video. It happened during the COVID, so it could have been over a two-year period. That would have been a lot of video to watch. I'd still be watching. Anyway, this happened uh, right next to my house. And not only did we see video of this happening, but because of all the doorbells and security cameras that people have, they'll probably catch those guys. We also saw that they were scoping out other cars, including mine. Uh, Somebody who lives across from us, their video caught the same car actually pulling up and right behind my car and checking it out. And I have one of those cars where they want that piece of uh, equipment, uh, catalytic converter. And... uh, so uh, the funny thing about that is that we're getting ready to go on vacation. So this happened, I think, on f- a week ago Friday. And my car has been parked outside. My wife's car is in the garage. I didn't think there's a lot of hope for me ever having my car in the garage because we have stuff out there. Uh, my wife saw that video and cleaned that garage in such a way that my car fits in there. Now, I don't know how she did it or how she – she's a miracle worker when it comes to that. You don't want to ever play her in Tetris. She will beat you. Uh, she, she's a world record holder. Anyway, we live in this world where there are, are so many different kinds of, um, video out there. Does this worry you or is this a good thing? What do you think about that? 888-528-2557. When you see the fact that there are lots of crimes that are things that I think people would have gotten away with before, more likely. Uh, that now the Rodney King thing would have never been caught if it wasn't for, I think, just somebody across the street who happened to have like an on-the-shoulder video camera, if I remember correctly. Maybe I don't, but somehow there was video of all of that. Um, Does it worry you that everything's on camera? Because there's probably a downside to that, right, is that you don't really have privacy. I think about it when I go places and I'm checking out the, you know, hotel or other places. Like, where are the cameras? And there's a problem with people who stay in the Airbnbs and those kinds of places with people who own the house, maybe putting cameras in places that they shouldn't. You're not allowed to put them in the bathroom, but, uh, you know, if you're worried about some fixture in your your bathroom getting stolen or broken or vandalized, or maybe if you just have other bad things in mind, maybe you do it. And uh, it does happen sometimes. What do you think about this? Do you have any thoughts about, does this make you feel safer or does this make you worried about your privacy you know is this something that is good for society that there's a camera everywhere that everybody's carrying a camera that almost everything is being filmed or is this 1984 you know 40 years too late is this uh just the sign of more government control uh less privacy less freedom those kinds of things the number is 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 and if you want to call and uh talk about the uh, Tyree Nichols situation you can go ahead and call about that um you know i think that for a lot of us we're we're 
just processing that. I think it's going to probably leave the news here pretty soon because it's it's the story of the weekend. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, actually, um, and you're listening to Southern California Live, I'm Scott Furrow, back from vacation, and uh, it's good to be with you today. 888-528-2557. A man named Tyree Nichols was beaten to death by some police officers in Memphis, Tennessee, and those police officers uh, this happened three weeks ago. The officers have already been fired and indicted for second-degree murder and a whole bunch of other charges. And uh, the the videos were released by the police department on Friday late afternoon. Uh, so those videos came out, you know, in a way. There's all kinds of you know timing issues with with that. If when pe- when things are put out on Friday late, uh, it's strategic. Sometimes you put things out. Lots of news organizations uh, will put stories out that they don't really want you to see. They put them out on Friday late so that you don't see them because it's the weekend. And uh, people don't watch the news usually Friday night. They're out doing other stuff. The Saturday news is often uh, not uh, covered very well, and you kind of don't get to it till Monday. Um, it, it probably lowered the, the tensions. There were some protests, and there were some uh, different things going on uh, with that. Uh, so they released that. So I think now we're we're processing it. Uh, we're we're going through, and I yeah, we've seen this now so many different times. It just always raises different questions. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Angela in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Angela. How are you? I'm great. All uh, right. What I are you thinking like about this? I think I feel somewhat secure with more surveillance cameras. I'm not a criminal, so I think it's a good thing. I have a ring doorbell also, and it took me a long time to get one. I just got one this Christmas. My son gave me one. Ah, that's a good Because I thought those things attracted crazy people. Because mm. you always see that when something goes awry. Yeah. I always thought it attracted people. But since I've had it, I don't think that anymore. You know, I get notified as soon as someone walks up my walkway before they even get to my door. I get a notification. Yeah. So I... I think it's more cameras, the better. I think it really is a deterrent, you know, and people are going to do what they want to do anyway, regardless of how many cameras are on there. But the more cameras, the better the chance of catching those people when they do something illegal. I think that you're right about that. I mean, for sure, we're seeing that in a whole lot of different cases. So it makes you feel better, safer in your home. Yes, not just in my home, out and about, in, yeah. in the streets. You know, if if you're not the one running the red lights, then why would you feel upset that there's a camera <laughs> at the intersection? Yep, I think that's a pretty good point, actually. It never bothers me that there's cameras on there. Uh, have you ever gotten a red light camera photo? I got one of those one time. I did too. Yeah, I did too. Uh, and um, I fought it, and I did win. You did really? Well, good. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. So, yeah. 
That's amazing, because what I was going to say is uh, I, my picture was so clear in that thing, there was no way I could have said that it was somebody else driving. In fact, I got prints of them and sent them to my mom. Well, no, it wasn't the fact that. that I said it wasn't me. My defense was I was actually making a right turn oh, on yeah. a red light. Yep. And, uh, and legally, you can make a right turn on a red light. That's right. You can. Legally. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you, you uh, stood up for yourself with that. I think that's important. And uh, and I appreciate your call very much, Angela. Uh, and I'm glad you feel safer with your doorbell on there and uh, that you feel the way that you do. Thanks for listening to our show. 888-528-2557. Do you feel safer with all the cameras everywhere or do you feel like this invades your privacy a little bit? Uh, I'm joking with her about the uh, the making prints of my uh, red light uh, camera photo that I got, but uh, I I was not making a right turn. I just blew through a red light. I wasn't paying any attention, and I remember the flash going off, and I just went through this light, and I didn't even recognize until I got the thing in the mail that what had happened, right? I remember the flash thinking that's odd, but I was listening to the tunes. I had my, like, I was alone in the car. I had my arm around the passenger seat, though. I'm just cruising through some red light, uh, risking lives or something, not paying attention, and that picture of me was so clear, I thought, no, there's no way that uh, I'm going to go in there and tell them what. I got a twin brother. I don't know. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Rachel in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Rachel. Thank you. So uh, I had a couple. I just had a couple um, inputs there. First of all, yes, I, I absolutely feel safer with all the security camera um and and uh, the doorbell rings and stuff like that I, I think that's a good thing um of course if you're a criminal it's not a good thing yeah um yeah. So I, that you know to answer that question yes i do feel safer also um with the uh you mentioned the uh, airbnb and with the with the cameras and whatnot uh we do have rent uh rent out our a place we have airbnb now you are not allowed to put them in the house um you can't have them even in your living room i'm sure people do but um, you could get in, in a lot of trouble actually if, mm. if, if they find out using you, you it you can't have them However, in the living room or inside you cannot have them inside the house you can have them outside your uh, house. Let me see. so we have one pointed in our driveway and this is good to see who actually comes in and leaves out of your property because a lot of times they'll rent it out to, to two, three people, but then they invite a bunch of other people to come. So right. <laughs> the outside cameras are legal, and and they do help for yeah. things like that. Yeah. They do. Um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. All right. So, so that's a good thing. Yeah. But lastly, um, the the thing you mentioned about the, um, the light traffic, and, and this happened to me as well, but it was it was my car that my husband was driving, and obviously it was my husband. But I got the ticket because because it was my car. Uh-huh. Um, so I had to go to court, <laughs> and um, and you know I was contemplating. Uh, I knew he was going to ask me, do you know who this driver is? And I contemplated saying no, but it, you know I mean the judges heard it every story and obviously you pretty much know who's driving your car right so i i didn't think he you know he'd believe well, me the second and question so is I did you report was... your car stolen right uh i know <laughs> i didn't but i had to go to court and i had to see the judge and the first thing he asked me he said do you know this person and i kind of sighed and said yes i do he never asked me who it was 
and he dismissed it because he said um, the, the person gets the ticket, not not who's not the car. So, oh, that's so I was able. Yeah, yeah, it was, and and you know, and I. I told the truth, although I did contemplate lying. I didn't. I was just honest with him. And I think he appreciated the fact. And that was dismissed well. So right, uh, well, when you do drive somebody else's car and, and that happens in somebody else's car, the person that is registered to the car won't get the ticket. They may have to go to court to, to prove, prove it's that. not them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Rachel, thank you very much for, for calling Southern You're California welcome. Live. I think that's an interesting story there. 888-528-2557. How do you feel about the cameras that are everywhere recording every single thing that happens? Is this a good thing? Does this make you feel safer? Or is it a violation? Is our, is our freedom in jeopardy somehow because everything is, is being uh, filmed? 888-528-2557. Eva and Glendora, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Eva. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. How do you feel about the uh the cameras and surveillance that's everywhere? Um well, like I told um like I told a friend a while back, my it's it has to be a balance, you know, there has to be privacy to not where there's like a camera strapped to your back recording everything you do and say, but it also be asked to a level of safety that makes it safe for the public. Yeah. So it doesn't bother yeah. you, though, that there's cameras everywhere. You feel pretty good about it, as long as you're not the one doing something wrong, right? Or even if you are, like the red light cameras, we shouldn't be running red lights. Yeah, you know, I mean, if my, my, my dad always told me that if, like, for example, if you don't stop at a stop sign, you're going to get in trouble, right? Yeah. But if there's no stop sign and you're supposed to stop there, you shouldn't be getting in trouble because there's there was nothing there that warned you to stop you know if there's no guidelines and there's no rules we shouldn't get in trouble for that right but but because there is guidelines and because there is rules that we're supposed to follow as citizens we do get in trouble and that's why people go to jail get tickets yada 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 right all of that so i think uh, i think you're probably right eva thank you for your call uh, 888-528-2557 how do you feel about all the cameras i'm wondering if uh, i've been thinking about this because of the uh uh, you know, the, the video of Tyree Nichols getting beaten by the police officers and just thinking about, I think a lot of the questions that people are asking today is what's on the mind of these cops? Why, you know, they have, they know better than anybody else that it's being recorded. And yet they did this, uh, this horrific thing. Uh, is there, you know, not about, obviously this is something that is a serious issue. And then I, I asked the question, how do we feel about cameras everywhere? Is this good? Uh, for our society or not. 888-528-2557. I got to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we'll uh, take your phone calls. I see your calls up there, so keep holding. I'll get to you as soon as we come back. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you live today as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. SoCal Live. Scott Furrow with you live today on Monday. Back from vacation. Great to be with you. It was great to have Dudley Rutherford, Pastor Dudley from Shepherd Church here all last week. Glad to be with you. He did a great job, didn't he? Uh, 888-528-2557. We're talking about the the video surveillance that's everywhere. And I started thinking about this because I wondered about the situation in Memphis with Tyree Nichols and just kind of processing that. I was on vacation, you know, so kind of disconnected for a while and you come back to that story. And I think a lot of us are processing that today. One of the things I 
I wonder too is is you know if there's not cameras everywhere, we may not even know about this, right? That's uh, certainly a good thing that this was was caught because that needs to not happen. You know what happened there? Do you feel safer because there's cameras everywhere, or does it worry you? Do you worry that maybe there's too much? Has it gone too far? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Christy in L.A., welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Christy. Are you with Hi. me? Yeah. Hi, Scott. Welcome back. Thank you, Christy. Yeah, listen, uh, I got a kind of a neg- negative story regarding cameras, even yeah. though I believe I believe we need them. But, um, you know, I um, I live in a certain area and um, I was walking my dog up there and there's this dog that needed care. He was kind of being abused and neglected. So, uh, you know, I took it upon myself to help him. And so uh, I knew who the babysitter was. So I I went to her house. I mean, I wasn't sure, but I know they told me she usually takes care of them. So I went into uh, her uh, her yard, I guess, and I took the dog there and I kept ringing the doorbell. And I knew it was a doorbell with, you know, where they watch you. And no one came out and I kept waiting, waiting, and no one came out. So I said, okay, well, you know, you have to stay with me. Well, anyway, uh, within about five minutes, I'm walking this dog with my dogs, and the police come out, and they come and they surround me, and um, they basically told me I was trying to break into that house. Mm. <laughs> and and I tried to tell them, you know, um, this dog has, you know, been a negle- neglected and abused, and I'm trying to find the sitter to try to help him. Well, anyway, long story short, you know, they didn't believe me, and on and on it went. So I left the premises and everything. And then, you know, because I live in the area, I always walk my dogs in that area. Uh, I came back to walk them, and, you know, I went down that street, and that was it. Well, anyway, the police show up again and ask me, what are you doing here again? So it was a really awful experience for me, and it was because of that camera. And uh, this lady, uh, you know... Uh, well, you know, I got really hurt because mm. here I am trying to help this animal. And, um, you know, they thought I was this person trying to break into someone's house. And, you know, if you look at me, I I don't look like somebody that would do that. But anyway, that's what happened. <laughs> maybe maybe you do. And, maybe you do, Christine. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe people look at you and they lock their doors. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, well, the back door at least, right? <laughs> right, so, apparently. Or they hide their dogs. Yeah, or they have their dogs, yeah. So, but anyway, so that, and then where I live also, I don't know, it's really sad, but where I live, I have a neighbor that I, I don't know if he is um, uh, kind of, I don't know what to call him, I don't want to say it on air, but, um, you know, he's a neighbor that has cameras all over his property, I live on the foothills, and when I come in and when I go out, uh, he sees me coming and going, and I'm a single girl, and so I get kind of um, stressed out every day I come in and go out because he's got those cameras on. Mm. And um, the minute, you know, it's so dark here, you can't see your hand, right? But the minute I come out, uh, you know, those lights go on. And when I come in, uh, you know, if the lights are all off, the lights go back on. And, you know, so um, so anyway. So that's in your own uh, property. So, like, you go out to the wherever you put your trash and the lights come on. So you know you're on film. You're not really alone. Somebody's looking. Well, no, he he. He's up the hill, kind of has a house on the hill, yeah. so they have a view, kind of, of you know, the city, but I'm kind of downward uh, from that hill, 
And he, you know, he comes, uh, even when I bring my dogs out for the yard, then he sees me, he lets his big dog out. And mm. it's like so frustrating because my little dogs, you know, they, they're barkers and it just starts a big yeah. mess. So, so there's a, there's a uh, privacy uh, question you've got there for sure, right, Christy? Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, and I believe in the cameras because, uh, you know, a few things that happened in the past, I also told them, well, can you look at the footage? And then they say, no, the cameras aren't working. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, that could have helped me. But then the cameras aren't working. That's what the policeman says. Yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, I believe I believe the cameras are helpful, like what happened to this poor man. Yeah. But, um, but I there's think some place where, kind of a, yeah, I'm with, boundary, I'm with you, know? you. Yeah, there should be some kind of boundary, Christy. Thank you for your call. I'm not sure what that boundary is, but. It is troublesome, right? If you're just always on your neighbor's camera because they got the neighbor the camera outside. My neighbor one time, not where I live now, but the place I used to live, it was kind of up against a hill. So there was this hill behind our houses, and somebody walked up this hill. It was a big hill. The hill was bigger than any of the houses. Okay, so the houses up on top in this sort of subdivision. Our neighbor who was renting the house, so it wasn't the owner of the house. They rented the house next door. And they go up there, and the first thing they did was they carved off this little area that was about even with our bedroom window, and they put a beach chair there just facing toward our window where they would just sit and stare inside our window. Like they probably were staring over the house or trying to get some kind of view or something. I don't know what they would be looking at, but it was really odd. And then they went up a little higher, and they installed a tent, and there was a bed, and there was this little red light always pointing down at our house. We just closed the blinds, and we eventually had to uh, say something to the owners. Like, we think it's odd that there's a chair facing our bedroom window. Just saying. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I brought out some Kermit the Frog puppets and did did a show, um, you know, every day just in case I was entertaining for them that way. But um, it's it's unnerving that in a way that we are, are so closely watched today at the same time, for sure. Seems like uh, we're stopping some crimes that wouldn't be here. 888-528-2557 is the number. Do you feel comfortable or uncomfortable with the complete... Uh, surrounding of cameras that seems to be that we have in our society today. Almost everything is filmed. It's almost almost anything going on. Somebody's got a video of it, it seems. 888-528-2557. Angie in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Angie. How are you? I'm doing great. How, are you, how do you feel about cameras everywhere? Is it good or bad? I think it's a good thing when they serve their purpose. Yeah. It's a bad thing when people make them perverted. Right. If it wasn't for the cameras observing that incident, the truth would have never came out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good thing to have them in that respect. Because officers rely in a heartbeat, unfortunately, especially when they're doing wrong, of course. I think people do anyway, right? That's what they do. They're, we talked about yeah. the red light cameras earlier. And like, is that you driving the car? No, it wasn't me. But, uh, you know, you when it's when it's clearly you, you can't really get away with that. Unless you've got a twin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a twin. I didn't know I had a twin until now. Thank you. We have birth. You have a twin that was driving your car. No, it wasn't you. Right. So. Yeah. What do you think the line is? Like, where where is it not safe, the cameras? Because you're right for the... For the element of crime, for obviously the the issue with uh, Tyree, and but also just what's happening in stores or the porch pirates taking your Amazon deliveries, um, it's a certainly a good thing. But where does it cross the line? 
when you're invading someone else's privacy and they're not doing anything and you're not authorized to invade that privacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of losing you here, Angie, but thank you so much for your call. And uh, I <laughs> uh, hope you find your twin. I can't find mine somewhere out there. Anyway, uh, 888-528-2557. Madison Square Gardens is in trouble because they have been using facial recognition. This is what begins to bother me a little bit about the cameras everywhere. You know what facial recognition is, is that, you know, when you look at modern cell phones, you know, and you click that thing, Face ID, and it, which I love on my phone, I use it. And I look at my phone and it knows who I am. And I like it because my kids, when they look at my phone, it won't open for them, which means, you know, they're not friending people I don't know on my Facebook account and they aren't uh, texting people I don't know or or worse. Um, and uh, they try. What they do is they grab my phone and they'll bring it over to me and they'll say, something's wrong with your phone. And then I look at it and it opens and then they run upstairs and I have to chase after them. But... What's happening in the world today is that everybody's image is getting stored digitally. And so Madison Square Gardens has a controversy because they have been removing fans who come to games at Madison Square Garden in New York who are part of lawsuits that might be against that company, okay? And they might be not just the lawyers who are on the other side, but lawyer, but their families, people like that, are getting escorted out of the venue and they're being identified by the cameras that just automatically flag them for who they are. That troubles me uh, a little bit because what happens if I'm just walking down the street somewhere and a crime goes on right next to me that's just a little bit out of the – but suddenly I'm in that vicinity. Maybe I didn't even notice it happened. And suddenly I'm a suspect. And it is – I guess you would be a suspect anyway maybe if you happen to be there, Right. But there's a there are some things coming, I think, that this might get a little bit crazy, particularly with facial uh, recognition and some of the things that people can do with uh, computers and all of that today. Uh, big picture, I think it's, you know, I like having the, the doorbell, the place we moved into came with the uh, ring doorbell because the previous people had it, uh, had to track them down for the password to get into it. But eventually we got that. And uh, like I said, in our neighborhood, it's it's helped uh, uh, lots of things going on. But it's a it's it's just a different world that we live in. Anyway, I think for the time being it's good, but I think that there's a lot of ways it can be perverted and used for for evil. Um in the meantime for believers, I think one of the messages that our callers uh stated, I think that's right is, you know, if you're not doing anything wrong, uh you're you know, short of the scary things that could happen in the future, uh don't worry about it. It's probably a pretty good thing. And remember that the Lord knows what you're doing wrong anyway. So in a in a spiritual way, you've been on camera. You've been on God's camera. He knows what's happening. And uh, so we we should be obeying the Lord and being trustworthy, whether we think we're on a video camera or not, because God's uh, looking and uh, he is, is, the Lord is looking. The Book of Chronicles says that the Lord's eyes are moving to and fro, looking for those whose hearts are his. I love that verse. And I hope that his eyes land on you. All right. Hey, when we come back, uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions. We're doing an event here pretty soon. It's called Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, and it is with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas. And uh, we're going to have a conversation, a Christian conversation. I'll tell you some details about that. Uh, A conversation about what Christians really ought to know about Jewish people, what Jewish people ought to know about Christians. And uh, I'm going to tell you more about that and how you can go to that. I think it's going to be a great event. And um, I also think it's important for us to really understand this about our faith, 
that in the Old and New Testament that we share the the Old Testament with our, our Jewish friends, and we have a different interpretation. And I don't think we should just make it up. I think we should know what people actually think. And this is a great opportunity. I'll tell you about that and share some thoughts and take your questions. You know, what would you like to know? What questions would you have me ask? I'm going to moderate this event. What questions would you have me ask? Um, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. It says in Genesis 18.18, I looked it up this morning, I wouldn't have known where it was, but the idea, obviously, uh, when when, uh, the Lord is talking to Abraham... And he is going to make a people. He's going to make the Jewish people, the, the, the people of Israel, out of this one man's seed. And he says, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. It's the Christian understanding that the, this is God's redemption plan. We have the fall, and then God creates a people for himself so that he can reach the nations, which is to say every people beyond Israel, but through Israel. How do you feel? uh, How's that working out for you people? That was uh, author Eric Metaxas asking a question of Dennis Prager, uh, who is on our sister station, uh, host of the Dennis Prager Show, and uh, asked him this question in a interview a few years ago about the difference between Jews and Gentiles and what we believe about Jesus Christ. This is Dennis Prager's response. We, are, we Jews are supposed to be a blessing to the earth, or the, the, earth or the world will be blessed through us. In other words, I believe God, the Jews or the Israelites, the Hebrews, are the, God's third attempt to make a good world. In effect, Christians would argue Jesus is the fourth attempt. Uh, uh, If you will, uh, Muslims would argue that Muhammad is the fifth attempt. Mormons would argue uh, that uh, Joseph Smith is the sixth attempt. This is, uh, that's why I don't laugh at any of these notions. They make sense to me because a lot, nothing seems to have worked. Uh, The world is pretty awful in so many ways. So God, God starts with the conscience. It doesn't work, right? We knew, people knew good from evil, but it, it was worthless. So he destroys the world, starts again with Noah. So he gives Noah a series of laws about murder and so on, about what not to do. That doesn't work. God's third attempt is, okay, now I'll choose a certain people, give them a lot of laws. They will be a light unto the nations, to use Isaiah's word, and through this people, the entire world will be blessed. We have an event coming. And if you're listening, this is Southern California Live. If you're not listening, this is Southern California Live. Wherever you are, this is Southern California Live. Uh, it's coming up here. If you've ever wondered, what is it? And if you're a Christian and you're listening, I think it's important to know what your your Jewish friends actually think about Jesus and actually think about the the Scriptures and the Old Testament in particular. If you're listening and you're Jewish, uh, I think it's important that you understand the difference that Christians uh, think, what Christians think about the Old Testament, why they think the New Testament is a continuation of the same story. And 
Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas are two people who are going to have a great conversation, and I'm blessed to get to moderate this discussion. It's going to be on Monday, February 20th. It's coming up, 7 p.m. It's President's Day, okay? So there won't be the traffic that's usual. 7 p.m. There's a VIP reception at 5 p.m. if you want to meet uh, those guys. And it's a Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene. And I wanted to tell you about it because I think, number one, I think you should go. You can get tickets right now by going to kkla.com. So wherever you're listening in Southern California, Pasadena is pretty central to uh, almost everybody in our listening audience. If you're in San Diego at the border or all the way up to, uh, I think we have people as far north uh, as Ventura who call in. And then some of you are listening on your mobile device. So wherever you are, if you want to uh, come to this, please do. It's February 20th, 7 p.m. And... uh, it's at Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene, President's Day, so there'll be uh, less traffic. You'll be able to get there. Anyway, Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas will be having a unique Jewish and Christian dialogue that's going to be entertaining because those two guys are funny and they're funny together. And we're going to tackle a bunch of topics. This is, I think, an important thing. When I was pastor, I had the church that I was at is in a neighborhood that's very Jewish. There's a large synagogue that's not too far, and we had a Chabad center that was just a mile away, and and observant Jews across the board, kind of of different levels of, of uh, being observant all the way uh, through, live there, and some go to synagogue there. And everybody in our church who lived in that neighborhood had friends and neighbors who were Jewish. And if you're Jewish, you had friends and neighbors who are Christians. And what I found to be kind of interesting is how often we as Christians, speaking from the Christian point of view, think we know what Jewish people think about different things, but actually we tend to not know. Uh, and isn't that true with a lot of things is sometimes when there's people coming from a different cultural background or they have a different, uh, you know, they, you know, they just grew up in a different way, different teaching. Sometimes we think we understand where they're coming from, but often we have no, no idea. And one of the groups that I met with regularly was a group called the uh, Jewish Family Services, which is a great organization that was in that community. And I was lead, meeting, meeting in my office with uh, the leader of that organization, doing some things for seniors in the community. And during the, the conversation, he kept looking over at this Bible I had on my desk. The Bible was a, a curriculum Bible. It was through a curriculum that used to be called the Bible in 90 Days. And you would actually read through the whole Bible Old and New Testament in 90 days and three months. Now, I know for some of you, you just started your Bible in a decade or whatever it is you're trying to get through, and you're already stuck, and you're going, how would I do it in 90 days? It's not easy, to be honest with you, but actually, when you start to plow through it and you read for about an hour a day, you can get through the whole Bible in, if you just read it, and you don't worry about it if you don't understand it, you just keep reading, you can get through the whole thing in 90 days, and then you go back later to undo, figure out and study, right? You'll never run out of things to study. Anyway, he kept looking at the cover of this. The whole time in the conversation, he was fascinated uh, by this cover. He kept looking at it and saying, uh, you know, and just and then talking to me. And then I noticed him looking at it. It says the Bible in 90 days. Well, after our meeting was over, we get up and we shake hands. And he looks down at the book again. And he looks at me and he says, you know, if you can find something in that book in 90 days that my people haven't found in 5,000 years, would you let me know? And I looked at him and I smiled and I said, Jesus. And we laughed. We had a good laugh about it. But, you know, I thought that was such an interesting, that was his perception. It didn't occur to me at all. I saw that he was looking at it, that he, but he was really thinking about this, that 
his people, Jewish people, have been dealing with the scriptures for 5,000 years. And, uh, you know, for us Christians, it's only 2,000 years, right? What do we know? And uh, we, we were good friends, and we had a good laugh about that comment, but it's always stuck there with me. And I thought, you know, how much of what I think as a Christian minister, as a Christian person, Jewish people think is just wrong, right? And how many people who might be Jewish just have kind of the wrong idea of what Christianity is? You know, what's our difference in, in who Jesus is? If you listen to those clips from Eric Metaxas and Dennis Prager a moment ago, you could really hear uh, that they're coming at it from different perspectives. Um, but at the same time, when you really study it, you kind of go, okay, I can kind of see where, where this is coming from. Anyway, I think it's important. It's important for us, I think, as Christians, because when we hear uh, from Dennis Prager and his interpretation, and of course, he's got his own Old Testament Bible commentaries coming out, right, of the Torah, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I think he's going to do all five. He's got a couple of them done. It's it's a very helpful thing to understand where he's coming from, especially if there are people in your life who are Jewish, or if you're Jewish and you're you're wondering what is it that is believed here, or if you're if you're Jewish or if you're you're neither, you're a, you know Jew or a Gentile, but you're not religious, you're not observant, uh, you're not a believer, or maybe you have another faith. Maybe you've always wanted to know what do these two groups think, and how is it that they share. Um, the Old Testament, but have come to some different conclusions about what things mean. For Christians, can I just say this? We should not be afraid of hearing different perspectives. We should never be afraid of asking hard questions or having hard questions asked of us, because if what we believe is true, then we're going to come to a really good conclusion. And it's going to deepen our faith. And I believe, I believe as a Christian that the Holy Spirit uses these kinds of things to really move in us. So I want to invite you to this event. I think it's really great. It's put on by KKLA here in Los Angeles. It's called Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. And it's with Dennis Prager. Yes, the radio show host Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas. If you don't know who Eric is, uh, he's a great author and radio show host with Salem himself, New York Times bestselling author of Bonhoeffer, a great book about Bonhoeffer. And uh, he wrote a, a book recently called Letter to the American Church. He's going to be on our program uh, next week, as is Dennis Prager. We'll talk to them about different things. And I think you're really going to enjoy this. I want you to go ahead and get tickets right now, though. So go to kkla.com and uh, get your tickets now. You can click on the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile banner. Click on that. And uh, I get to moderate this discussion, and I'm excited about being there because I think it's going to deepen our faith. It's going to deepen our understanding. And, you know, there's there's other issues, too. We're living in a world where anti-Semitism is growing, and I think it's important for the church to understand what this is. I'm going to ask both of them what they think uh, about the growing anti-Semitism. What are the things that we should really pay attention to and be concerned about, and what are the things that maybe aren't as important but might get a lot of media attention? I think we're going to learn a lot. And uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. It is February 20th, Monday, February 20th, 7 p.m. There's general admission. Get there at 645. They'll let you in. There is a VIP reception at 5 p.m. And you can get tickets for both of those things at kkla.com right now. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. I'll be back for hour two as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.